You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Hell or High Water. You know, the bank loan, just enough to keep your mama poor. Thought they could swipe her land. It's a big bank. It's too big. That's what she said. Now they can foreclose on Friday. So come hell or high water, get the money to the bank on Thursday. And then you are free and clear. Little brother, go get that money. Good morning, folks. Open the drawers. You got a gun on you, old man? You're damn right I got a gun on me. Y'all gonna steal my gun, too? We ain't steal from you, we steal from the bank. Woo! If you hear about these bank robberies, you may get to have some fun before they send you off to the rocking chair yet. I may have one hunt left in me. <laughs> Mama, in that bit a while? Three months. Bank breathing down her neck. Everybody, get on the ground! been here for a while. Long enough to watch the bank getting robbed's been robbing me for 30 years. You managed to stay out of prison for a year. It's been difficult. Tell us stand up! These boys know exactly what they're doing. They're trying to raise a certain amount, that's my guess. Let's go! Go ahead, go ahead! Toby, it's a good thing you're done. More done it. Every step of the way. You want a little advice? Go see your boys tomorrow. You know, you talk like we ain't gonna get away with this. I never met nobody got away with anything, ever. And why in the hell did you agree to do it? Because you asked, little brother. Mama, take this badge off of me. I think I got these boys figured. He's got no record. He's never been arrested. He don't fit the bill, Marcus. You may be hearing a lot of things about me and your uncle. Whatever I hear, I won't believe. No, you believe it. I did all of it. Love you, Toby. Mean it. Love you, too. Alright everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for Hell or High Water and the story is as follows. Toby is a divorced father who's trying to make a better life for his son. His brother Tanner is an ex-convict with a short temper and a loose trigger finger. Together, they plan a series of heists against the bank that's about to foreclose on their family ranch. Standing in their way is Marcus, a Texas Ranger who's only weeks away from retirement. As the siblings plot their final robbery, they must also prepare for a showdown with a crafty lawman who's not ready to ride off into the sunset. The film is starring Chris Pine, Ben Foster, Jeff Bridges, and Gil Birmingham. It is directed by David McKenzie, written by Taylor Sheridan. Here to join me for this 2016 Patreon podcast review, I have Dan Bear. So, what don't you want? <laughs> Maybe my favorite scene in the movie. We'll get into that. Maybe my favorite scene of 2016. <laughs> we also have Amanda Spears. Hello. We also have Tom O'Brien. T-bone steak and baked potato <laughs> or corn on the cob. And Josh Parham. Hello, hello. And as a guest here today for this podcast review, we have Giovanni Longo. Hello, hello. All righty, everyone. So Best Picture nominee didn't get a review from Next Best Picture in 2016, surprisingly. I think this was uh, 
Yeah, I think it was. This was before we started doing uh, podcast reviews. This movie released, uh, it premiered at Cannes uh, that year. And it made quite a splash, actually, with critics especially. Uh, this was a movie that a lot of people really, really liked in 2016. It, it did financially very well. And it has gone on to be regarded as, I wouldn't say necessarily like an all-time great movie, but definitely an all-around solid movie that people just look at and they just go, tough cowboy sort of way. They just go, masculine. Just like that, you know? <laughs> Oh, but in any event, though, this movie um, is uh, written by Taylor Sheridan, who made also quite a splash with uh, Sicario the year before and, you know, had gone on uh, afterwards to do Went River and has, you know, kind of carved out a little bit of a niche for himself now uh, in his own career. It was also an opportunity for us to see Chris Pine in a different light and another opportunity for Jeff Bridges to give us a weird accent once again in one of his uh, Oscar nominated roles so uh we're here to talk about hell or high water and come or hell or high water uh this is our last patreon podcast review for 2016 a very very short retrospective from us this time around but as i previously mentioned we had gotten through the crux of 2016 movies when next best picture launched that year but this is like the one big major holdout like i said mostly because it is a best picture nominee so giovanni you're the guest here we're gonna start off with you what do you think of Hell or High Water? Um, wow. Um, thank you guys for having me. Um, I remember when this dropped in like 2016, I was like really enjoyed it. So I haven't I haven't seen it since 2016. So yesterday, once I was notified, I was like, oh, I'll be on. Um, rewatched it, and I gotta be honest, like I still really enjoy it, but I wasn't like as in love with it as I was back in 2016. I still think it's really good. I'm I, I love this like sub genre of the western where it's like the modernized western where it still has the feel of uh, it's kind of like um that series Justified with Timothy Oliphant kind of like that feeling where it's like it still has all the the essence of a uh, old timey western but like in the modern day and uh, and Chris Pine in it is so good <laughs> and his eyes are so blue. <laughs> My God. Um, and Ben Foster is amazing. And Jeff Bridges is good. And I, there's, okay, there's, I know we'll talk about, there's some things about Jeff Bridges in this movie that I'm looking back on it. I'm kind of like, I don't know why I was in love with that as much when it came out. It's, I feel like some of the charm of it's kind of faded for me a bit. Um, the screenplay's great. I, I I really I still really enjoy this movie. Um, although it's just not as as high as esteem as once before. Okay. All right. Uh, why don't we kick it over now to Amanda? Amanda, what do you think of Hell or High Water? Well, I'm here for Chris Pine. <laughs> um, Girl. Otherwise... <laughs> yes, no, no. If anyone's going to no, I know. Him, you're going to let me have this one. <laughs> you can have no. him in this as long as I get him in Into the Woods. Oh God, maybe I want that. <laughs> Choose your aesthetic. <laughs> so first of all. I lived in Texas uh, during this year, and just a little backstory. If anyone wants to know why I left Texas, see this movie or Nocturnal Animals, because yes, people do drive as crazy as this without <laughs> committing a crime in Texas. Jesus. And Amanda had panic attacks too much to make it possible. But yeah, I do 
love this film. It wasn't one I went and saw in the theaters. I will admit, I was like, yeah, about, yeah, okay, sure. And then I saw, I was like, oh, damn, I should have seen this in the theaters. I love the morality tale with a twist. Like, we get the Robin Hood story, but with a little bit of a twist in this. Mm-hmm. And I love the ending. The ending is what makes me okay with Jeff Bridges. So, again, if you haven't seen this movie, stop now, because this is one where you, you don't want us to spoil the ending like with Snowpiercer. True. Just stop now because we're gonna we're gonna start spoiling. But oh my god, Chris Pine. Chris Pine, Chris Pine, Chris Pine. He deserved more recognition, but we can get into that in a little while. All right. Let's hear now from Tom O'Brien. Well this is one area where I'm in complete agreement with Amanda and with Jubat. <laughs> well, but the thing is, it's it's uh low down and greasy Chris Pine. <laughs> which I much preferred than the spruced up Chris Pine, which is fine. It's great. But I, I agree with Giovanni about a very good point that there are very few contemporary Westerns that really feel like real Westerns. Yes. And, mm. uh, you know, bank heists help, um, but relatable characters really do. And, uh, you know, I, I really like bridges in this and, and, uh, Gil Birmingham is terrific as his uh, partner, but oh, I, it's, yeah. it's the brothers that I'm really drawn to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story of uh, Ben Foster and Chris Pine, they, they they are really, I think, the heart and soul of this thing, even though they're bad guys. They're good guys in a way. And um, that's what's the, the, I don't know, the paradox of this movie that really, I think, to me, holds up over the years. Um, this is really one of my favorite films of 2016. Yeah, there's definitely a very interesting morality tale going on there, as you said, in regards to, you know, these are men who have done bad things. Uh, their motives are definitely a little different, but it comes from a very relatable and human place. And it's all etched in this uh, theme that Taylor Sheridan is working with in his screenplay here. And uh, we're going to get into a little bit of that in a bit as well, um, which I'm really, really excited to dig into because I do think that it is one of the things that makes this movie stand out just above a simple, basic action heist movie, if you will. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's hear now from Dan Baer. Like Amanda, I didn't see this in the theaters in 2016. I actually didn't see it until I think like a week or two before the Oscars um, because I'm not really a super huge Western person. And uh, I know that everyone was talking about this when it had come out in the early summer. And, and I was just kind of like, oh, okay, like that looks kind of good, but I don't need to see it. And then it got Oscar nominations and I was like, okay, I guess I have to see it. <laughs> and <laughs> I was really, really happy that I had to watch it because I really, really liked it i i still admire the hell out of this movie um particularly the screenplay i think is just like but even in the direction of it it lives in this sort of like dichotomy it um it's like it's in all these different genres right like it's a western but it's it's an old school western but it feels modern it is a crime film but it doesn't really feel like a thriller which is usually how those crime movies shake out it's 
a really slow, thoughtful, methodical drama, but it's also like one of the funniest movies of 2016. Yeah. It is paced like a motherfucker. It is so well paced. It is so lean and mean and nothing. There's no fat on this movie. The casting is like flawless. It's flawless. Um, Even down to the little tiniest two line bid parts. I, I feel gross because now I agree with Dan and Tom. <laughs> oh, Something is afoot. Something's very wrong. <laughs> but Uh-oh. it is one of those things where it is, to me, just a very good story told very well. There is nothing particularly special or inventive or new about it it just knows exactly what it's doing and does that one thing which is actually a whole lot of things as i've just said almost perfectly history is complicated the story of human progress is long messy and riddled with controversies big and small on conflicted we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the facts from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, I think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love about it is that it gives me a standard story, but it gives it to me in a little bit of a twist. And it's so well edited. Oh my god! Yes. Oh yeah. Which is why, like, I'm on this. Like, I admire what it does so much, and yet I'm back here, like, kind of watching it. Like, this is doing everything it's doing so well, and I'm not fully in love with it. But would you agree, Dan, that not every movie needs to do something creative and and crazy like the way it tells the story? I think there is something amazing about doing something perfectly, but maybe with just like a slight little twist.
And this yeah. gives me enough of a twist in that ending, the last 15 minutes, where I'm like, okay, you got me. You got me. <laughs> no, absolutely, completely agree. And yet, if I'm sitting here, like, trying to figure out how to grade it or how I ultimately feel about it, I'm, like, so close to loving it, but not quite there. Let's hear now from Josh Parham. So I do remember seeing this movie in the theaters back in 2016 and remembered liking it a good deal, but honestly, it not really sticking with me a ton after that. And because of that, I haven't really gone back to revisit it since then. So this is really the first time I have seen it probably since 2016 because I wanted to watch it again for our discussion. And, you know, I do have to agree with a lot of the sentiments that this movie is just so well done. Like the direction is very um, focused in how it wants to build tension throughout the film, but also get these really interesting character moments. I think this is by far uh, Taylor Sheridan's best screenplay, and I don't even think that's a competition because I think the rest of his screenplays are pretty bad, actually. (laughs) Um, Uh (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't really like him as a writer, but this one is a really, really good story, and you're right about the cast, too. Like, every single person is so well cast, and I really just have such a fun time with this movie. I will say that I think I am sort of with Dan on this, where it's really good, and I really, really do like it. I don't know if it ever crosses crosses the threshold into like I love it or it's a masterpiece. Like it's solid, very entertaining, very engaging. I really, really do enjoy it. It would be like maybe in the top twenty of the year for me. It's such a good movie. I don't know if I go into the absolutely love it, adore it territory, mostly because I think the last thirty minutes loses me just a little bit, but overall, still really, really um, really well done, and I certainly would recommend it to people. I always feel like every year deserves to have one solid dad movie. <laughs> Saw it with my dad. <laughs> it's pure masculinity. It's something that you can just put on at any time, and it is an enjoyable watch. It's not necessarily what I would call progressive it is not something that i would necessarily call life-changing it is not something that is going to appeal necessarily to everybody but there is no denying that it is just a solidly crafted well-told story i felt that way last year with ford v ferrari and i feel that way uh with hell or high water i remember when i saw it back in 2016 i remember walking out of the movie and going to write my review it was the um, yes, it, yes, I believe it was. It was the first review I think I had ever written where my grading system for, oh, if it's perfect and there are no flaws, I have to give it a 10 out of 10. It stumped me <laughs> because I could not find a single flaw with this movie. But like what Dan said and what Josh said, there's something about it that is preventing me from just going right there into perfect 10 out of 10 like territory, even though in the act while I'm watching it, it is absolutely flawless in how it is crafted, how the characters develop, how their relationship uh, reveals itself to us over time, and the revelations that are uh, contained within, too, and how well this movie, even though I get it, people don't necessarily want to see 
uh, tough masculine uh, guys nowadays, like on screen, especially, you know, white characters. I get it. It's fine. No, no. When they're like this, it's, it's perfect. Exactly. Like, it doesn't matter. You know why, too? I think it's because this movie is not afraid to show that the characters are motivated by love. They are motivated yes. by the love uh, that Chris Pine has for his sons and for his family. And also um, Ben Foster is motivated by the love that he has for his brother. And it's mm -hmm. interesting, too, because in the diner scene, one of the diner scenes uh, where uh, they're talking about, like, getting away with these bank robberies that they're doing. And Ben Foster says, I never knew anybody that got away with anything. And he's he's doing this like he has a death wish, like there is no tomorrow. Because for him, a guy that's had these priors, has been in prison, he's doing this just simply out of love for his brother, but he knows that there is no coming back. Whereas Chris Pine, he actually has something that is motivating him even further than that. And I think that that contrast between the two brothers and why they are doing this ultimately and let's face it, too, it's not just Robin from the banks. There's a much more elaborate scheme involved here involving their mother's uh, their mother's ranch. So I think that the motivations are really, really important there for establishing a human connection to the story. Very smart. They're not your average bank robbers. They're at least a few steps ahead as far as what branches they're taught. It's not just a, a random bank robbery where they're just kind of getting lucky. Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our full review of Hell or High Water here on the Next Best Picture podcast. In order to get the full review, you will have to head on over to Patreon, where for $1 minimum a month, you will get the rest of this review and other exclusive podcast content from nextbestpicture.com. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. You can subscribe to us anywhere where you listen to podcasts. If you're feeling generous, head on over to Apple Podcasts. If you rate us uh, five stars over there, it'll help us to get discovered. And we really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we shall see you all next time. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.